Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you by BSO and ABF Creative and is scheduled for one fall. And on the mic, we have the one and only Robert Latow. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy. They trying to take the wave from your boy. Messing with your boy, better pray for your boy. It's Robert Latow. Keep that same energy podcast. Let's get to the opening bell. Glass half full. Matt Ryan's an excellent fantasy football quarterback. If if we're just being honest, if you want to look for a positive about what happened to the Falcons on Sunday, Matt Ryan's an excellent fantasy football quarterback. Either way, if they're winning, he does well, obviously. If they're losing, he gets you all the garbage time points and touchdowns that you need. See, I'm a glass half full type of guy. I'm not going to sit here and just talk about how it appeared that professional national football league players did not know that they could pick up the ball on an onside kick before it went 10 yards. I'm not going to gripe on that. I'm not going to take the low-hanging fruit of bringing back up 28-3. What I will do is tell you a quick story about 28-3 at the Super Bowl. Your boy, that's me, Robert Littow, was there at that Super Bowl. And when they have you seated, we were seated up in the press box. And most reporters work on a deadline, meaning that they have to have their story in by a particular time. Now, if you get your story in early, it's like getting out of school early. <laughs> so, you know, the earlier you can do your story, the easier it is for you to submit it. You maybe have a little extra time to go get you a drink, use the bathroom or something. And maybe you can get back to the hotel quicker. That's why, even though reporters won't tell you this, yeah, they like exciting games and whatnot. And everybody likes an exciting Super Bowl. But it's benefits to a blowout if you are a reporter. So when the Falcons got up 28-3 in the third quarter on the Patriots, I looked around and I saw all of these OG reporters and they were just typing up. They were typing up their story, what they was going to submit to their editor. Leave a couple of places open for whatever happened in the fourth quarter. But they already had Matt Ryan, you know, as the MVP. And it was the end of the Brady dynasty. They were all pre-written. And then slowly but surely, the Patriots started creeping back into the game. And I looked around again. I saw all of those nervous looks like, am I going to have to rewrite this entire story? It was a lot of nervous looks when... You know, it got to 28-10 and 28-17, whatever it was, to the point where they had to wipe all their stories. And then at the end of the game, because it went in overtime, so you don't know which way it's going. Then when the Patriots, you know, got the ball and drove down the field in overtime, you see all this fever. I don't want to make the noise, but just imagine a lot of very loud typing. I don't know what you do if you're the Falcons. They have quality players. That coach seems like a nice guy. It's just some teams just don't get over that Super Bowl loss. Some teams bounce back and come back. and, and But most, when they lose in the Super Bowl, you don't really hear from them anymore in that regard for a while. Like, they may be okay. Meaning they can maybe get to the playoffs, be 500 or something like that. But you don't really, they don't really make no Super Bowl noise. And obviously, keeping a lead is something that's in their head. They're like Nick Anderson. They're the Nick Anderson of the NFL. Remember Nick Anderson? The Orlando Magic was, was beating the Houston Rockets game one of the NBA Finals. Nick was like an 80% free throw shooter. They were up by three. All you had to do was hit one. 
missed the first two, got his own rebound, got fouled again, and missed the next two. Never was the same after that. He was still in the league. You know what I'm saying? He was still playing, but he was never the same, you know, after that. That's the Falcons. I don't know if they can if they could change anytime soon. Maybe if they just usher in a whole new uh coaches and things like that. Maybe. I don't know. But for now, they're the Nick Anderson of the NFL. Uh, what else is going on over the weekend? The NFL injuries, man. ACL's galore. You know, Saquon and, and all these other guys. And he got ankle injury, injuries from like Christian McCaffrey and, and Drew Locke went down. Maga Bosa went down. Just a lot of injuries. I think what happened, this, just, this is just, a th- I'm not a doctor. I only play one on the podcast. But I think what happened was they, they got their first contact, you know, last week. And I think everybody was fine because it was the first time that they had been hit. What happens is then your body doesn't have enough time to recover. And you're right back at it the next week. And your body's like, eh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I got to ramp up to this type of violence. And don't get, don't, don't get it twisted. The NFL is violent. Violent. I don't think their bodies was ready. Everybody's falling out now. That's crazy. Did you hear about what happened with Tyrod Taylor? Not the fact that he's dating, you know, Drea. I mean, that's a whole nother topic in and of itself. But the, the fact that Tyrod Taylor was a little banged up. And so he got his shot. And if you don't know what the shot is, you know, like, they don't want you to have steroids and and pads and all of that stuff in the NFL, but they'll definitely shoot you up with some super serum medicine to make you feel better to get you through that three hours. And they, they shot him up with the super serum, but he had like an, an allergic reaction. I thought he was having a heart attack on the uh, on the sideline. I'd take him to the hospital. He's okay. But but damn. But those shots are like, like, uh, like you taking Tylenol for like a headache or Advil. That's what it's like for NFL players to, to take those whatever cortisone shots or pain shots or whatever you want, whatever's in there. That's what it's like for them. It's just normal. Oh, my, my rib. Because you can't, you can't be in such a violent game and have such violent collisions and then seven days be okay after that. Especially if you ain't, you know, if you're a quarterback, you probably you haven't been hit. You haven't taken any hits. It's just very difficult to go through those type of violent collisions and then in seven days be like, I'm good. I feel perfectly great. That's the thing with football. Like, it's not, it, it, you know, it's tough. People hitting your brain and all of this stuff, it's, it's rough. It's rough. Justin Herbert uh, looked good. He looked good. So Ty- Tyron's probably not going to get his job back, but, I mean, he should be used to that by now pretty much every place that he's ever been. He's either been the backup for an established quarterback or a stop uh, gap for a young quarterback coming in. So I feel I feel bad for him because he's just trying to get shot up so he can play. But Herbert looked good. He looked good enough that he should probably continue to start. Uh, the NBA playoffs are getting uh, we're getting close to the end game now. <laughs> it was the only way. Uh, the Lakers, you probably saw yesterday, uh, hit that uh, game-winning shot of Anthony Davis. Uh, LeBron was, you know, whining and complaining a bit about the MVP. He's here's obviously Le- LeBron should be on everybody's top five, and I think you can reasonably say he's either top one or two. I always say, could you go in the barbershop and make a case for LeBron being the goat? You could. Could you go to court? If you went to court, you you would have a case, right? I don't think anybody's taking that away, you know, from him. But let's not get it twisted. You know, it's Anthony Davis that makes them title contenders. Now, granted, you know, Anthony Davis, I'll put it to you like this. Anthony Davis, or I should say LeBron needs Anthony Davis to function as a at a championship level, then Anthony Davis probably needs LeBron. Meaning that if you put Anthony Davis with 
James Harden. You put Anthony Davis with Steph Curry uh, and all of the Clay Thompson. He probably could still get to where he needed to go at this point in their careers. LeBron needed not just LeBron at stages of his career has been able to take players in the top 10, top 20, and, and drag them to, to, to NBA finals throughout his career, top 30 at some points, and drag them to the NBA finals, right? He's been able to take superstar players who maybe aren't in their prime anymore or young players that haven't hit their prime, super young stars, and get them to the NBA finals. He can't do that at this time in his career, right? So he needed a top five guy. Like he needed an elite guy. LeBron was not the guy they were going to at the end of that game last night. They were going to Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is some sort of weirdo freak of nature. I don't know if it's the unibrow or what. But you shouldn't be able to work like the way he works in the post and then be able to shoot like he can shoot at the three-point line. That's that's unfair. That's kind of like when we talk about what Kevin Durant can do at basically seven feet tall. Like, that stuff's unfair. Like, that's unfair. So I, I I didn't think that LeBron was the regular season MVP. You know, now if you put LeBron 17 years in on the Bucks, do they make the NBA Finals? They might. I'll be honest with you because that's just LeBron, especially in the East, that's just the way LeBron operated. I'm not saying that Giannis is a better basketball player than LeBron James at this particular moment in time. But – let me, the best way to put it to you is like this. First off, it's a regular season award, so there really wasn't much to, to complain about in the first place. But secondly, let's just, be, let's just be honest. If Giannis was as trash as everybody is saying, why, why is everybody like, I want Giannis on my team if he becomes a free agent? Every team, what is it, 28, 29, 30 teams? 29 teams, and, and well, 30, I guess you include the Bucks, would give up a lot to have Giannis on their team. So let's not get it twisted. Let's not make it like he's trash. He's young and he's had some rough postseasons. That's pretty much all young players. That's This is not unusual. It's just the social media era. And he's not playing with Anthony Davis. He's not playing with LeBron. He's not playing with Steph Curry. He's not playing with Kevin Durant. He's playing with no no offense at all. He's playing with Chris Middleton, who, who is, would be great as a number four, number three player on a team. Not your number two. I mean, I, I think that's fairly that's fairly obvious, right? So I thought LeBron whining about the MVP vote. That's a little much. I, I thought his the voting was was about right, and it seems like most of the people that were friends with LeBron in the media that's who voted for him. But it's a regular season award. Go look at Giannis' regular season numbers. I mean, they're like out of this world. <laughs> I don't even know that anybody's even had a season like that before. It's insane. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't particularly care for that. Now for the segment that you all have been waiting for. Ah, the crazy, the crazy stories of the week. What in the blue hell? We're going to start with Ty Lawson. Now, you know Ty Lawson, um, longtime NBA a guard, had went over to China to play. I like to call that the Stefan Marbury route. He went over to China uh, to play. He went on uh, Instagram, on the gram. <laughs> he went on the gram, and he said that he was kind of surprised that Asian women had cakes. And then he had another picture of him, uh, well, what it appeared he was getting a lap dance from an Asian woman, Chinese woman, and he's, you know, he said YOLO. And he's taking video of this Asian woman uh, giving him a lap dance. Uh, the Chinese Basketball Association, better known as the CBA, kicked his ass out of China. <laughs> said he got to go. Wasn't going to renew his contract, and he's banned, I guess, for life. I don't know if he's banned from China, but he's banned from the Chinese Basketball Association, Ty went back to Instagram to try to explain 
that's saying that a woman having cakes is not a derogatory statement. He said he spoke to his Chinese brothers. It was like, that's not disrespecting the Chinese women. It's just saying that they got booty. Now, I'm not qualified to speak on what women find offensive or not. I don't know. I, I think if you maybe uh, came up to a woman and said she had cakes to her face, that could go one or two ways. It could go positive. It could go, go negative. Now, if you're just talking in a vacuum, if you're just sitting back on your Instagram and saying, hmm, Asian women has cakes. I can see how one would say that's not really offensive. It's just an opinion. I don't know. I don't know where you fall on that. I don't think he meant any harm. I think he he meant it, you know, in a positive way. For him, at least. He likes cakes. But they, they don't play that in China. Someone said it'd be interesting if the United States was like that. Here's the thing about that. If, the, if you could trust the government... And you can trust the people in power. Maybe that would be a good thing that we had a little more regulation over all the crazy stuff that it said. But it's our own government that says the crazy stuff. You really want Trump in control of what people say? They can just banish him? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, you gotta be you gotta be real careful uh, with stuff like that. Somebody said something though that that I don't know if it's true because you know I've never been to China. So if you've been to China or you are Asian and you can help me out with this, feel free to hit me up, hit me with a DM. A, a guy said something that I had never thought of. He said that the reason that the Asian people got offended is because they don't really like to be associated with anything like black. And cakes quote-unquote, is, you know, uh, that's black lingo, black culture. You know, that's something that black people came up with. That's something that black women say they have. That's what black men say black women have. It's a, it's a culture thing. And he would say they just don't like to be associated with black culture. So by saying that their women got cakes, it was kind of, they just like pretty much everybody else in the world, they look down upon black people. Like that makes them inferior, like not as pure because they have cakes like the black woman. I can see it. I don't know if that's true. Like I said, I'm not Chinese. I've never been to China. Um, I've had Asian, you know, I know Asian people, but I can't say that I ever got a vibe from them that they got issues with black culture. I, I mean, I couldn't tell you. You, you, that's something that you, like I said, if you're Asian and we welcome all people to listen to the show, please just let me know. Let me know. Uh, so what's the other crazy stuff that's going on? Uh, Dr. Dre and his wife is, they're really going through that, man. I don't, I don't know what Dre, Dre did to, to his wife that she just out of control right now. Here's what I, here's my theory, right? My theory is is that they've been married for a long time, almost 25 years. After a certain amount of time of being married, you just assume that no matter what's happening, you're just going to stay married. Like most people, if I'm not mistaken, that's the reason they call it a seven-year itch. If I'm not mistaken, most people get divorced, if they get divorced, like before 10 years or before seven years. Like if you get to 25, you're like, ah, what's, I mean, what's the point? Like it's like Jerry Jones. You know, Jerry Jones is caught with strippers and, and young girls and getting lap dances and drunk all the time. His wife not going nowhere. And Jerry Jones not getting rid of his wife. Normally, because if you're that rich, you know what's going to happen if you try to do it. So what's the point? The wife likes the lifestyle. And the husband is like, it, it's, it makes no sense financially to try to divorce her when I'm up there in age and all of this stuff. Now, I think Dre's a little different because most of these like billionaires, multi-millionaires, they're like old, right? Dre's not old, he's in his 50s. So maybe he feels like kind of like Michael Jordan, like he can have another run and get him a younger wife or something like that. I don't know. What I do know is I think that she was like, I can't believe Dre is doing this to me. Half. 
Go go watch Eddie Murphy Raw. Half. I want half his money. I want half of the chronic. Now, come on now. Listen, I'm, I'm not saying that she shouldn't, after 25 years, get something. I'm not saying she got to go live Section 8. You know, I'm not saying I know she needs somebody to wash her clothes and cook for her and she want the mansion and all that. I'm not I'm not even saying all of that. I'm saying at 25 years, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that. I mean, you know, Bezos wife got, you know, a, a good chunk. I'm not, I'm not saying all that. I'm just saying the chronic. Really? Really, Mrs. Young? The chronic? You trying to take half of the man's like, you know, the work that they're going to be talking about for 100 years? There's only so many albums that people are going to be talking about a hundred years from now, right? The Chronic's one of those albums. And what, when you want people to talk about, you say, hey, man, a hundred years from now, and what is it, the tw what, third, well, uh, shoot, I can't do math right now. But you want a hundred years from now, what would that be, 20, 21, 20? You want somebody to say, hey, yeah, The Chronic, yeah, that was that was Dr. Dre and, and Mrs. Dr. Dre. <laughs> I mean, come on. Dr. Dre, Mrs. Dr. Dre made the chronic. What do you think about that? She wants, and then she wrote, like, she wrote, she, this, now this was Dre's fault. They had a, a record studio or something together, and he, he made, you know, a little business for her to run, but he gave her authorization to write checks, and right when she found out he was going to divorce her, she wrote herself a check for $363,000 to herself. That's like writing yourself a, a check for cash. Just going in and getting the money. And because she's Dr. Dre's wife, I'm sure the bank was like, no, okay. I mean, it's Dr. Dre's wife. She must have a reason for wanting, you know, more than a quarter of a million dollars in cash. <laughs> mm. Look, I, I believe in marriage. I am happily married. There, were a time, there was a time that I didn't. But I'm very happily married. I love my wife uh, very much. Uh, we have a little one on the way. Had a beautiful baby shower uh, over the weekend. I want to be with her for 150 years uh, if I can. <laughs> but, I mean, you got to be real careful, you know. I the, the chronic? Come on now. The last crazy thing that I want to talk about. There's always more, but, you know, we only have so much time to talk. Uh Man, I mean, I'm sure you guys saw that Cardi B and Offset story that kind of went crazy from, from BSO, right? You know, sometimes I do stories, and I let you in a little secret of how I do stuff. Uh, basically, it's kind of a, a three-step process, right? Uh, I think everybody understands. Everybody, does the, everybody in media does the first step process, which is you wake up and you see what the hell is going on, right? <laughs> like, what the hell is happening in the world? And then you decide what you want to write about, right? That, I think everybody in media does that. If you're a media person, you probably get up these days, you grab your phone, you see what's trending, you see what text you got, you see what all you see all of that stuff, right? You see all of that stuff, right? Then there's the, the middle part, which I also think most people in media do, is that throughout the day, stuff happens, right? So you're reporting, you're talking, you're tweeting, you're Instagramming, you're on Facebook, you're doing live streams. If you're a YouTuber, you're doing your vlogs. All of this stuff, right? You know, like if you, you know, I watch like the guys that do the Marvel and the DC like videos on YouTube. Like hell, so the, the, the Scarlet Witch, the WandaVision is out. They got to go and edit all the videos. Everybody does that as stuff happens, right? The last thing is something that I think I do, but maybe not a lot of people do in media. I'm not sure because they're more niche. So like if you're a basketball reporter when the last basketball game is over, you you pretty you're good. You write your story. Maybe you have some set up to talk about in the morning. But in general, you're done. You football, same thing. The last game, it's over. You can go about. You can go to bed. I'm not like that. Um, maybe it's because we're a little more diverse in the things that we write about. What I like to do, especially being out on the West Coast, and actually I learned this from from TMZ, is that West Coast time. You know, at at midnight or you know ten o'clock whatever you want to call it, when it's, when it's 10 o'clock midnight on the West Coast, 11 o'clock, it's, you know, it's, it's 1, 2, 3 a.m. On the, on the East Coast, right? I mean, there's still West Coast people that are up, uh, and the East Coast people are about to get up in a couple of hours. So you can bridge that this 
this is really free advice. I really should put this on Patreon or something like that. But you can bridge that gap. You can get all these West Coast people reading your stuff that are still up. And in the morning, people, while the West Coast people are asleep, the morning people will be looking like what was the last thing that they saw tweeted or put on the site. And you got fresh stuff before the day even starts because you did it the night before. The, the problem is sometimes like finding some interesting stories to do in the evening. Um, I didn't think this story was particularly interesting. But I didn't have any other interesting stories to do. So, uh, you know, the Cardi B story were allegedly, not saying it's true or saying it's untrue. I didn't make it up. I saw it somewhere else. Allegedly. Offset, you know, doesn't like her doing the thought songs. Thought, thought, thought. And wasn't a big fan of wop, wop, wop. And people had strong opinions on that. <laughs> okay. Um, I made the mistake of actually answering one and that led to like more attention than what I really wanted. Strong opinions on, on stuff like that. So, so, but on the podcast, I don't have anybody replying back. So I can actually speak on these issues. Allegedly. Here's the thing, you know, people are who they are. People should be who they want to be. Nobody should force you to be something that you're not. If you're with somebody that wants you to be a different person, then they should go find that person that they want. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. I think you can make changes. I think people can make you, uh, your significant other can make you a better person. I'm a testament uh, to that. I think having a good person by your side does change you in positive ways. But as I always say, at your core, you're the same person that you was when you were six and seven, eight years old. Like that core, the core is the same. Like a lot of stuff can change around that core, but the core is the same. Now, some people's core has always been good. Some people's core has always been bad. You could, you could change that around. A good core can turn into bad stuff and a bad core can still be a good person. Point is, people are who they are, is what I'm trying to say. So when Offset met Cardi B, uh, she was Cardi B. I mean, like, you can go back and see. It's not really an act. I mean, this is just the way she is. It's the way she's always been. The only difference now is she's, like, super famous and has a lot, a lot of money. But she seems to be the same person. That's what he was attracted to at the beginning. So if this is true, then he really has no one to blame but himself. Uh, because this is what he what he wanted. You can't, you can't have, you can't love somebody for this and then all of a sudden, Say, hey, y'all want you to be a totally different person. So I would respect her for saying that, hey, I'm going to be who I am. Also, uh, there's some ironicness in this because, like I said, uh, it's not like the Migos or the, you know, they're not, they're, not, they're not rapping church lyrics as well. So there's some ironicness in that. But also, I think I can understand that you don't necessarily probably like, you know, your wife, you know, rapping about her, you know, you know what WAP stands for. Like, you know, your wife and the mother of your kid. I mean, maybe you don't like that. But like I said, he made that choice. He knew what it was beforehand, right? Like if you if you if you date someone and they don't do laundry, and you know they don't do laundry, they never have done laundry, they can't fold or nothing. You can't get mad if you're two years in and you're like, man, that person doesn't do laundry. Yeah, you can't be mad uh, at that. You just, you just have that. That's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? That's just, that's just what it is. Man, that 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 story blew up, man. That was, I wasn't expecting that, but never underestimate people arguing about things of that nature. Oh man, the injustice league. This 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 man is it's it. Like Cardi B and all, that's, that's not serious. This is serious. The Injustice League. Now, this just grinds my gears. This really just grinds my gears. So, Supreme Court Justice uh, Ruth Bader uh, Ginsburg, a.k.a. Uh, RBG, the notorious one, uh, passed away, right? Passed away, R.I.P. Uh, obviously, uh big hero for feminist rights and, and all of that good stuff, right? On her deathbed, she's like, please do not let Trump replace me while 
until the election is over. Now, in general, I wouldn't have even an opinion on this, except, except when President Obama was in this same situation and he had time before the election to replace the Supreme Court justice, the Republicans made sure it just, it just didn't happen. They just said, no, we're not going to do it. It's as simple as that. Now, they're like, eh, we're we going to put it in immediately. <laughs> we're going to make it happen immediately. And that's what people really don't understand about politics. Yes, we have a president. And sometimes the presidents are good. Sometimes the presidents uh, are bad. What people really don't understand is why the president, you know, is the quarterback of America. It doesn't really matter if your offensive line is trash, if your defense is trash, your running backs are trash, your secondary is trash. Think of uh, a good quarterback is just surrounded by like just a terrible team. Like that's what President Obama had to deal with. He's a good quarterback. Had trash team around him, so he couldn't get anything done. Like Brady last year with the Patriots. He's it's still Tom Brady, just, you know, didn't have no weapons. You see that a lot. He's at Cam Newton a lot of times with the Panthers. He was Cam Newton, good quarterback. Didn't, didn't really have any, any weapons. That That's the problem with our country, is that we everybody looks at the quarterback. That's the first thing, the quarterback and the head coach, if you want to look at it from a, a coaching perspective. But if your offensive coordinator's trash, your defensive coordinator, trash, your special teams coach doesn't even alert your players that they can pick up the ball before 10 yards, it's hard to be a successful head coach. That's why, yes, we have a terrible quarterback in Donald Trump. We have a terrible head coach in Donald Trump. But we also have trash all the way around where basically the Jets you know, we're the Jets right now. We're a terrible team. Just in all phases. There's not a phase that we're like, hey, we're not bad. No, we're terrible. So even if Biden, say, is a decent quarterback, decent head coach, won't matter if all everybody else is trash, and that's the way that it's going. That's why it's very, very, very important. You just don't vote. You know, this thing is about pressure. You got to get them senators out. House of Representatives, your local people, your sheriffs, your judges, your DAs. You got to be real strong with this. We got to get like some good players around us. We need Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Sam's the child abuse stuff. <laughs> you know, we, we need some good players. We need the Honey Badger. We need good players. We, we, can't, we can't continue as a country not know to pick up the ball before 10 yards on the onside kick if you're on the offense. If you're the kicking team, you, you, we have to be. That's our We don't know. Like, I saw a couple of interesting conversations about how Trump supporters don't particularly care for Trump. They don't even think he's a good president. They've, you know, had financial ruin because of him. But... That's better than, you know, giving black people equality. I mean, that's a lot of hate right there. You said, hey, I'd rather be bankrupt. I'd rather be, you know, I'd rather I lose everything. I'd rather be in poverty for my entire life. That's better than giving black people equality. I mean, think about that. I mean, no self-respected person could actually like Trump. From a politician perspective, I think... The thing about Trump is they don't like Trump from a political standpoint. They like Trump from a white male standpoint. You understand what I'm saying? White males just say and do whatever they want to do. And there's rarely any pushback from it. He's a white male that does everything the opposite of what you're supposed to do to be a good person. And they like that. They like when he sits there and says, oh, I'm, I'm glad that a reporter got shot. I'm glad that, you know, I'm bringing law and order. I'm bringing the National Guard down and shoot everybody. They like that because they're hicks 
and dummies. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a snake oil salesman and, and they don't even need any oil, but they still buying it. That that's that's crazy to me. But not surprising. I'm not surprised by anything. And let me tell you something before I end this quick segment is that don't believe the polls. I don't know how much I have to stress that to people. The polls said, look at the polls as the Atlanta Falcons, okay? Look at Trump as the team that the Atlanta Falcons are going against. Would you trust at any point now a 99% win probability from the Falcons. You would not, no matter what it said, right? The Falcons could be up 30 to nothing with five minutes left. You would still be a little nervous. Would you not? You would be nervous. 30 nothing with five minutes to go. That's how you should look at this election. The polls say certain things. They said Hillary Clinton had this. 99, 95%. But here's the thing, when, people talk, when, when you hear those racist people and those MAGA people talk about the silent majority, they're not joking. I got a neighbor across the street from me, waves at me every time I leave out of my garage, says my dog is cute, says hello to my pregnant wife. You would think on the surface, just normal, nice people. But they got that Blue Lives Matter flag in their garage. I saw it. They didn't want me to see it. But I saw it. That's the silent majority. Those people don't come up in polls. They're not coming up in polls. It's funny because my my the the neighborhood that I stay in, there's a few uh Biden Harris signs up. It's a few. Couple. Biden-Harris signs up. There's no Trump signs. But I know that there's Trump supporters around here. I know it. Because now I, I can spy. It's like I got spy, I got spider sense, Trump sense. I know it. I know there's some up here, but they're never, they're ne- they don't want to be known. Because why would you? Why would you want to be known? Why would you want to be known as somebody that supports Donald Trump? I get that. But they're there. They're not showing up in a poll. You're not going to see a sign. All the signs that you see for Donald Trump are in hillbilly towns, hick towns, racist towns, towns where the water is brown. You know what I'm saying? Like where where nobody has any teeth and there's a lot of uh, mobile homes. That's why you see a lot of Trump signs. You don't see a lot of Trump signs in true middle class to upper class suburban areas do you think about it i know you're thinking i want you to think about it you don't see a lot of trump signs now you go to the poor whatever your city is you go to the poor white side of that city you see tons of trump signs but in the middle like the middle city the middle class of the city the 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 middle class suburbs a little bit outside the inner city you don't see those trump you don't see that. You see it in the outskirts. You see it in the boondocks. You see it, you know, 60, 80, 90 miles outside of the main city. You don't really see it in the city. You don't really see it a little bit outside of the city. They don't want to know because they know it's a lot of people around them that's like, really? You? You? You a Trump supporter? They don't want you to know. They don't want you to know. Be careful. Don't listen to the polls. Go out and vote. And I keeping with this Trump theme, unfortunately. Keep the same energy. So I get home from my beautiful baby shower. I have a beautiful baby girl on the way very, very soon, right? Tired. My wife's tired. She's seven months pregnant. So we've been on her feet all day. All we wanted to do is just kind of chill out, sit at home, 
watch some boxing, watch some college football, watch some UFC. Now, I had forgotten who was even in the UFC uh, main event. So you could say that I was shocked. So I see Ty Woodley, who, who I know I know a little bit. You know, much respect to Ty Woodley. Is a very good person. Has done a lot. He's from my hometown of St. Louis. But his better days are behind him in, in the octagon. And he loses pretty handily to Colby Covington. Now, it's very important to understand that Colby Covington, for a very long time, was a nobody. Nobody particularly cared for him. Nobody particularly cared for his fighting style. He was actually getting ready to get released from the UFC. But then he said something offensive. And who knows if he meant it or not uh, about some people. And Kobe Covington realized what a lot of your MAGA media stars realized as well is that you could be racist, <laughs> sexist, misogynistic. You could be all of that and still be successful depending on where you work. In this case, Kobe Covington works for the UFC, who is run by Dana White, who is a hardcore Trump supporter, who doesn't particularly care for Black Lives Matter Black fighters, to be perfectly honest with you. Black people in general. So when Kobe realized that he can get a reaction like this, he leaned into the character. He basically became like what how the WWE or WWF, if you really want to go back, used to do their characters. You know, like the Iron Sheik or the, the what was it, the Russian guy. Uh, was it Ivan Volkov? Ivan Volkov? You know how they leaned into like those stereotypes. Hulk Hogan was, you know, I am a real American who also likes to say the N word a lot. So he just became this MAGA character. And his popularity grew. He was basically living a gimmick. Popularity grew, his money grew. He was willing to sacrifice friendships because this was the way that he was going to stay relevant. Now, in general, things like this don't, don't bother me because I understand how it is. You know, I understand why Jason Whitlock is the way he is. I understand why Clay Travis is the way he is. I understand why Will Kane. It's the way he is. I understand why these why these guys say and do what they do. Even at times, someone like Stephen A. Smith. I understand. So I don't really talk about it a lot because I understand. It's a gimmick. It's to get paid. If you're willing to sell your soul for cash, it, it's a at, at this point in time, it's a good way to do it. The only reason that Clay Travis is on the air is because of the, he basically became MAGA. He... he Leaned into stuff that the same, he's like a mini Donald Trump. Say the coronavirus is a hoax, say this, say that, and people follow him because they're idiots. He leans into it. Same thing with Kobe, Kobe Covington, just leaned into it. And like I said, normally it's not that it doesn't bother me in the sense like it does bother me because you don't want people just being outwardly racist and things like that. And getting jobs that really people who are much more talented than them should have. But it is what it is. I kind of understand why it's happening. My problem, and this is why this segment, I'll put it on keep that same energy, is this. It's twofold. The first is that the whole stick to sports, keep politics out of sports. That's such a lie from that side because that's only it, that only happens when it has to do with racism and police brutality. 
That's the only time. Racism and police brutality. That's it. If if athletes talk about literally anything else, it's okay with them. If LeBron James was today to say, hey, I'm MAGA, I support Donald Trump, they would say they would have LeBron at the Republican convention just like they had Dana White. They don't, it has nothing to do with stick to sports. Keep all it, what it means in reality is stick to sports if you're not talking about something that I care about. And I'm white and I don't care about racism and I don't care about police brutality because I just want black athletes to dance for me. I just want black people. I don't want to have any action with them. I don't see them as human and everything. They deserve to get shot. So I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about all the, when I'm watching the basketball game, I don't want to hear about all the police brutality that's going on. I don't care about that. But if you talk about my hero, Trump, then that's different. That's okay. That's all right. I never heard nobody from MAGA say, hmm, I wonder if Herschel Walker should shut the hell up. Maybe Daryl Strawberry shouldn't be involved in this. Maybe Dana White, as the head of a huge organization, sports organization, should just keep out of politics. Never heard that. Not once. Not once. I heard, you know, Nick Bosa, not once. Never heard that from MAGA. Never. All I heard was Nick, well, he should be able to talk about his political affiliation and his love for Trump. That's all I heard. That's all I heard. But while you already knew that, right, the part that really grinded my gears was this. The UFC has a contract with ESPN. ESPN forever is saying black lives matter. Black reporters matter. They're forever shoehorning that into their telecast, their broadcast, and the sports center into your E60, they literally have a site that is supposed to be for black people in the culture. They do round tables. They do all of that. But then they allow and they promote Kobe Covington calling black people terrorists, criminals, communists, and implying that they deserve to be shot and killed by police. They promoted it. It's on their Twitter account. It was on their YouTube account. It was on SportsCenter. I saw it. I saw it. None of their reporters, none of their MMA reporters, no pushback. None from Ariel, none from Chael Sonnen, none from none. No pushback at all. Not one of them said, you know something? This makes me uncomfortable as a reporter to hear someone say this. No, they just promoted it. They just promoted. Can you imagine a black fighter, let's say that was on top rank, did a post-fight interview where he said Donald Trump is a terrorist, is a communist, is a criminal, which low-key is all three are probably true. Do you think they would promote that on the top rank boxing, ESPN top rank boxing, ESPN ringside? Do, do you think do you think they would do that? Do you think after that boxer said that about Donald Trump and Biden called him, do you think they would show the call of Biden co-signing it? Because that's what they did with Kobe Covington. When Trump, tr there's a thousand things that Trump should be doing. He had time to call someone who had just called black people, communists, terrorists, criminals who need to be shot by the cops to say, I'm a fan. And the ESPN girl that was doing the interview was giddy. Giddy about, put him on speakerphone. Put him on speaker. Put him on speaker. There's, there's Dana White one time, you, you, you know, do you have anything to say about Black Lives Matter? And he's like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. It's not a thing to me. Think about how they treat Conor McGregor at ESPN and the UFC, to be honest with you. Conor McGregor, multiple assaults. Threw a dolly at a bus, beat up an old man, several sexual assault accusations. Man, I don't really talk about it. They give him a sit-down interview where he says, I, I don't, you know, I'm sorry. 
and they make him the star of it, the star of the pay-per-view. No hard-hitting stuff, none of that. Cam Newton wears a yellow suit, though. They go crazy. LeBron's kid, you know, smoking some weed, they lose their mind. That, ooh, that hypocrisy just, it burns me up. All of that, in racism, Black Lives Matter, it, it takes all of You don't care. You don't care. You can't care and say, I'm going to promote a Kobe Covington fight. None of the media's MMA media. The only MMA media that had the balls to speak out about it was Andreas Hale. The only one MMA media. And I know these guys. I've covered fight with these fights with these guys. The only one in MMA media to say anything, Andreas Hale. So shout out to him. But everybody else just act like it didn't happen. It's sad. It's fake. It's pandering. You're pandering me. You're insulting my intelligence. Don't do a 10-minute segment on Black Lives Matter and then follow it up by promoting Kobe Covington. Some things are equal, like when you say you want to give people equal time. And I totally don't have a problem with someone saying, I want to vote for Joe Biden. And then somebody else saying, I want to vote for Donald Trump. That's not an issue. Kobe Covington was like, hey, I support Donald Trump. I think he's going to make the country better. He has my support. And that's it. Wouldn't have an issue with that. Racism is not a both sides type of thing. Being racist, you don't give the racist time. I'm sorry. It doesn't work like that. It's not like, hey, let's give the non-racist time and then give the racist time. It does not work like that. I'm sorry. It simply does not. This is not somebody speaking about his political beliefs. This is someone getting on ESPN Plus uh, that has over a million subscribers saying black people are criminals, communists, and terrorists. That Black Lives Matter don't mean anything. It's a sham. Somebody said Black Lives Matter is a sham. On ESPN. And they're promoting it. They're promoting it. They're hyping it up. But then on the flip side, they say, well, we have the, you know, we have the undefeated. Uh, we, you know, we did the ESPYs and let people say a lot of stuff about black people. Do you really care or are you just pandering? Keep that same energy. Be sure to check out the website, blacksportsonline.com. Register for my email list for all the new updates. Listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, BSOTV, and much appreciation to my podcast partners at ABF Creative for all their hard work in making this weekly podcast a success. I'm out.